Get your damn flu shot apps, and with me as always, uh, shell core practitioner David Bernie, family master. And Gaijin is um, somewhere at the moment. Yeah, we're we're not a hundred percent on what's going yeah. on here, but hopefully he'll be joining before this podcast is over. We have Nintendo Direct stuff to talk about. That was really less than a week ago. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of directs to cover, and also yeah. I get to talk about Lost Judgment. Yay! Uh, but the big announcement right off the front, which I've been expecting for a while, was the uh, Monster Hunter Rise expansion. Yeah, so, baby. Like, yes. Yep. Uh, and I've so, already had to endure like five people complaining that it probably won't be in the PC version at launch. Uh, it will. Oh, nice. Thank God I don't have to listen to them yes, complaining again. But also, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just sick of listening to people complaining. I went in my PC. It's like gotcha. they already announced it. You just quit complaining and wait for it to come out. Yes. But yes, ne- next summer, God. which is a little longer wait than I was hoping for, but whatever, it's fine. I mean, it's good fine. things got, come to those who wait. I got games to play in the meantime. You've got so many games. Yes. Um, including Darksiders 3 Switchport, which comes out tomorrow. Which oh, that's why you're playing Darksiders. Yes. Genesis, I think. That's the third. That's the spinoff one that you're playing, I think. Yes. Okay. It's the one that looks like it's a Diablo clone, but it's not at all. Good. Diablo clone's a bad thing to be. Uh, it's not in the slightest. It actually plays a lot like um, the first two games. It just happens to play out in like that. I don't necessarily want to say top, it's an isometric. Top, top down. So it's an isometric Zelda clone. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so yeah, what what good. RPGs have you been playing before we dip too much into Um Yeah, let's do that before we get the, to the rest of the direct. So I've been playing some Monster Hunter stories. Um, just having Admit your shame. Yes, I'll get to that. I haven't had a lot of time on the, the Series X, so I haven't gotten much farther in Tales. Uh, so I'll probably more on that. If next only week. it was on Switch. Seriously. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing some more Monster Hunter stories, getting farther in the story. And I had previously talked about how um, the game seemed to be implying that your main character's grandfather was the character from the first game. Um, game which I had not beaten, so assumed some of the story events they referenced were in the first game. And But as it turns out, that's not true in the slightest. Um... Uh, I will say that that character's name is Red, so I was, my brain instantly went to Pokemon and how, you know, they 
and anytime they reuse the character from the first game, they call it, it's like red and red and blue, right? Rival with blue yeah. or green in Japan. Uh, but yeah, I came, I finished a section of the game and met my new command companion, who was one of the characters from the first game, and um, is not much older than they were in the first game. So, uh, Oops. yeah. You don't know. There might be time shenanigans. Imagine. Yeah, no, there's not. I was just, I was just wrong. And in you fact, misread the signals. Yes, and in fact, they then reference uh, the other character and how they saved a bunch of people, like the character from the first game, but don't mention any specifics, as you would expect, because you can, uh, you can pick gender for that character. Buy my game. Buy. And they don't want to have to. Um, Canonize a specific one. Yeah. But also buy my game. Yeah. Uh, just quick aside to Budai saying PC always begging for ports. Yeah, I remember that back in the Mac days when I was playing on a pathetic platform, begging for everything to be ported to it. It's one of those things where it's like I think it would honestly bother me less. I'm just going to do my rant here. It would honestly bother me less if it weren't for the fact that it's like the one kind of board begging that never gets called out. Yeah. Like, you bring up, like, how silly it is to port beg for any other platform. And it's like, yeah, ridiculous. Like, you bring up how obnoxious uh, certain PC enthusiasts are about how they refuse to play on anything else, even if they have the hardware. And it's like, okay, and then shut up. And then many of them won't even buy it until it's on sale on said platform. Yeah. Uh, $60. I don't know. But yeah, that's, I just need to run. $60? Um, this has been out forever on other platforms. <laughs> also an argument made by, <laughs> by Mac people back in the day. Oh, yeah, it turns back. out that humans are basically all the same. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's already been out forever. It's not like it costs any money to port it to a completely different platform. It's not like there is like a bunch of manpower and where I know I'd be silly. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, video games. So yeah, you've well, been playing Monster Hunter Stories. Yeah, I what, did I have more to say on that? Um, that game's really good. You should play that game. That game's already on PC if you if you must. Uh, but the, they've been releasing like free updates to it already, just like they did for Monster Hunter Rise, which I was not expecting from this sort of game. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, maybe Hooray! They'll, maybe they'll do like an expansion to that, even or an expanded version or something. I don't know. It's a really good DLC game. It's, it's <laughs> I've talked about the combat system a lot. It's uh, relatively simple, but there's a, there's still like a lot to it and a lot to like building up your monsters. It's it's good, and I'm glad that after the first game I kind of missed a lot of people because it was a super late 3DS game and then a mobile game uh, that this one's getting the attention it definitely deserves so play that game uh, so yeah what have you been playing uh, not, well very little good uh, played a bit more No More Heroes 3 played uh, my copy of Lost Judgment finally came in yesterday. Uh, so I've been, I had to set up my PS5 in a new place and start playing that. Uh, that's That's been quite good so far. Uh, the PS5 version of it. 
runs like a dream. Uh, like seemingly locked 60 FPS. Uh, basically no load time. It's about what you'd hope for. Uh, I've been... Uh, I've messed around with a few of the side activities. Uh, for those who played the first Judgment, uh, Yagami was constantly complaining that like half of his audience, half of his office was given over to a pinball table that he had impulse purchase and had no desire to actually play very much of. And like that was an option of something you could do in the original. That's been replaced. That corner of the office now houses the Sega Master System, which is somehow less entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start out, uh, and it, he the only Master System game he has is uh, Alex Kidd Miracle World, which is like just a really good reminder of why people remember Mario and don't remember Alex Kidd. Um, so that's been interesting. Uh, but yeah, like the actual game is really good. They've made a lot of like. Subtle and not so subtle uh, changes to make Judgment a smoother experience. Uh, the general kind of so Judgment One, like the the pacing of how you like attacked was much less smooth than it was in like Yakuza Six and the other Dragon Engine games. I'm not sure why. I assume it was intentional, but it seems to have been something they doubled back on. Uh, Yagami's moves feel a lot more smooth in this one. Uh, to, I, I'm not sh- quite sure how best to describe it, but in general, he feels more snappier and more responsive. Uh, one of the problems that Judgment 1's combat had was that you had two styles. You had Tiger style and Crane style. And realistically, there was never a reason to use style on this game. Uh, because Tiger... St- like, the, the theoretical balance that was supposed to exist was that crane style was for groups and tiger style was for individuals. Tiger style had strong individual attacks uh, that were more focused and crane style had uh, more sweeping attacks that hit multiple enemies. Problem is, uh, in original judgment, there's essentially never a point where it makes sense to use crane style. Uh, there are no upgrades to cra- to the combat system that exclusively function with crane style. Unlike tiger style, there's a bunch of upgrades that only work in tiger style. Uh, the general uh, design, there just aren't big enough crowds of enemies to reward a style that's all about dealing with crowds of enemies. So, in general, you functionally only ever need to use one ca- uh, fighting style. Uh... Lost Judgment, you have two fighting styles. You have uh, you have three fighting styles, I should say. You have uh, Tiger, Crane, and the newly introduced, introduced Snake style. Uh, tiger style has been like... they've it, The tutorial text admits that is your all-around style. Uh, crane style has been reworked a bit. It's still a group style, but it's also a dodge style, uh, which gives it... Uh, especially when you're fighting really strong enemies, it gives it a uh, more important use because, for example, if you're in crane style, you can dodge through bullets, which is really useful when you're fighting a bunch of enemies with guns. So, uh, it crane style has an actual identity now. There's actually reasons to use it. The new snake style uh, 
is a more reactive sort of style. It can smoothly sort of transition from strikes to grab holds in a way that the other styles can't. And it's also primarily the style that is meant to fit in with the game's other big gimmick, which is that a lot of this game takes place at a high school. And occasionally you have to beat the hell out of high school students. Hmm. So Crane style is supposed to be the quote-unquote merciful style that allows you to, like, not as brutally beat the hell out of a high school student. You still there? I've been rambling for, like, yes, two solid Yes, no, I'm here. Okay. No, I'm just letting, uh, letting you go. I appreciate it. But yeah, uh, I'm not done. I just wanted to be sure. Okay, continue on. And then Budai has a question for us. Okay, but yeah, so the the combat's been made a lot better. Uh, you can they've expanded the maps. They've reused the map from uh, Yakuza Seven, aka like a dragon. So like you can now wander around Kamurocho, but you can also wander around uh, Yokohama. Uh, which is still, you know, a wonderful, gorgeous, gigantic map. The high school area has been added onto that map, uh, although it's like you have to, like, actually take a taxi to get there. It hasn't just been shoved into the existing map. But, yeah, so there's there's some new real estate. Uh, in general, I love the Yokohama map from Like a Dragon, so I was glad to see it come back. Uh, they've gotten a bit better in terms of they understand better how to write these characters now that they've got a full game of them under their belts. Uh, so yeah, like really impressed with it. They've added like a there are sections where you have to like parkour up buildings, which is kind of an interesting thing. Like hmm. they're not complicated, but they are interesting in that they, you know, there's something that you've never done in Yakuza, and they're you know they give a bit of flavor uh, because uh, Yokohama is such a large map compared to Kamurocho, they've added the ability to skateboard around it to uh, speed up a little. Like, it's treated as, like, an upgrade to your sprint. So, like, uh, if you are sprinting down the road, uh, then Yagami will pull out will pull out the skateboard, and you can... Uh, you have to, like, time your pushes in order to, like, speed up as fast as you can get. But, like, if you're... Uh, Timing your pushes properly, it seems like you can go like one and a half to twice as fast as your uh, as just sprinting does. So like it does feel worthwhile and makes it a little easier to get around what is a very large map comparatively. Uh, they've made some references early in the game that makes its story properly comport with uh, like a dragon. Uh, specifically, like there's some references in judgment that make it clear that the game was written uh, seemingly without a final draft of Yakuza Like a Dragon's plot. Mm. And so there are a couple of situations where the two uh, do not... They, the two contradict in a few very... in small but very impactful ways. And the attitude that Lost Judgment has taken seems to be... Uh, yeah, uh, just assume that something... That, just assume that... Uh, like a dragon absolutely, you know, happened as you thought it did. It's just something was weird going on Judgment. Don't think about it. <laughs> uh, and I won't bring it up further because it's a spoiler for relatively late game in Like a Dragon. Uh, 
but yeah. Uh, so that's. Uh, but yeah, uh, the other thing I want to bring up that's kind of amusing to me is it's very weird to play one of these games at a point where its plot is still the relatively near future. Mm. Because uh, usually we would get these like a year, a year and a half after their Japanese releases. But their Japanese releases would be timed such that the time that the game is stated to take place is after... Uh, like, is, is, you know, a few months or, like, a little less than a year uh, from the time that the game comes out. Uh, but, you know, we would always get them late so that it would always be shortly in the past. In Lost Judgment, the game starts by saying, this is in December of 2021. <laughs> Which is a little weird to contemplate. But, yeah. So I've been really enjoying it. I'm not far in yet. But, you know, uh, it feels like they've made all the right moves so far. Uh, for some reason, I played Sonic the Fighters at a Club Sega, so, you know, that's been something. Uh, but yeah, big fan. I, uh, you're shocked. It's a uh, Yakuza spinoff, so of mm-hmm. course I love it. So it was Budai's question? He's got a few now. Okay. Lay them on me. Start with, would Fantasy Star 4 be a top 5 SNES RPG if it were on the system? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It is that good. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely... I like it more than FF6. Uh, Whoa. Ooh. But, yeah. It's uh, real good. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's extremely good. It would definitely be in that conversation. Uh, uh, let's see... What is the best RPG that takes place in the real world? Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no counter. <laughs> like, Yakuza Like a Dragon is one of my, uh, like, definitely one of my favorite RPGs in the past few years, which has been rich with many great RPGs. Uh, you could also say, uh, like, uh, I'll put it this way. Uh, my brain would not categorize something like Persona as being in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> there there's so much fantasy mixed in there that it just it doesn't count to me. But if you meant uh to include that, then it would become a harder discussion. Let's see what does he say next? Uh what are the advantages of less equipment slots in an RPG? Uh easier uh, easier inventory management? Easier inventory management. In general, like the more slots you have, the harder it is to communicate to a player, one, what to prioritize, and two, just like... It, eventually it just becomes... You, you overwhelm the player to a point where it's like... Getting, like... I, I've seen games where it's like, oh, left and right shoulder pad individually, and it's like, no one wants to deal with that. Like, other than the most, like, optimizing stat head Brognar, no one wants to deal with equipment that is that, like, minute. Because it's just like, I don't want, like, the inventory management is one thing, but even just, like, the sitting down and comparing which of these I should be equipping is just tedious after a while. Mm -hmm. So simplifying that can allow players to have a, a very at a glance understanding of, like, 
this is good because it's better than one of my other three pieces of equipment. Yeah. Uh, at these, you know, this handful of stats. So I would say, ironically, having fewer pieces of equipment allows you to actually comfortably have more stats because, you know, you can have... You don't have to be optimizing as many pieces of equipment so your players can sort of look at the stats they're improving and make a more informed decision about how to deal with that. Uh, let's see, what is this next one? Um, is Judgment better than any of the Yakuza mainline titles? Uh, there's two senses right in which back, that could be... Uh, like, there, there's a few senses you could mean uh, when you say, is it better than any of them? Like, I assume that you mean, is it better than all of them? Like, all the other ones? And I would say, nah, it's... I, I would put it as, like, Judgment 1, I would put as kind of a middle of the pack. Uh... Like, a middle of the pack, uh level of quality in terms of Yakuza games. It's got, there's a lot that I really love about it. But, uh, you know, it's got a lot of rough edges because it's like the first in the spinoff franchise and they're not really sure what they want to do with it. It has like a really neat story that I like a lot. But uh, it's just kind of a very rough around the edges game. But, uh, you know, uh, I'd say I probably like it better than, like, Yakuza 3 or definitely Yakuza 1. Uh, and probably Yakuza 5, but, you know, probably less than, say, a Yakuza, you know, 2 or 4, like, or 0. Like, those, yeah, that, that would be my general uh, opinion. And probably less than Like a Dragon, because I mean, I love Like a Dragon. That's definitely in my conversation for best Yakuza. Let's see, what's next? Will Sid, Cuss, and Smoke in FF7 Remake? I would say yes. Oh, yeah, he'll probably still be smoking. Uh, I would imagine that it'll probably be like a tick for when, for certain, like, uh, segments of the game rather than something that's just constantly in his mouth because that would be complicated animation. But... What is Wheels' status on Yakuza titles in progress? <laughs> TBD. <laughs> and I get distracted easily by shiny objects. It's well established. It doesn't mean that any game is not good. It just means that there was a shiny. Um, we should talk with, We should talk about the Nintendo Direct stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's circle back to that. So we got... Got the Monster Hunter with the next RPG-ish thing that came up. Um, 
trying to think. <laughs> oh, the Castlevania collection. Oh yeah, Castlevania Advance collection. Mm -hmm. It's the three GBA games and Dracula X for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what that's doing there. Yeah. Uh, it's terrible, don't play it. I, I should clarify, when Wheel says Dracula X, it's not Japanese TurboGrafx no. uh, Dracula X. It is Super Nintendo really bad remake of Dracula X. The yeah. one released in America as Castlevania Dracula X, released in Europe as Castlevania V Dracula uh, Vampire's Kiss, I believe. Oh, it's like, here's these really good games and this turd. Please take this turd. It's so bad. I I don't have enough unkind words for Vampire's <laughs> Kiss. I, I, I tend to end up calling it Vampire's Kiss because that is unambiguously a different name. Mm. Uh, in Japan, that Super Nintendo version is Dracula XX. Uh, it's like the, the, it's acquired something of a reputation as being, oh, well, if you just ex play it on its own terms instead of... Uh, instead of comparing it to Rondo, it's not that... No, it is that bad. It's it's a really bad game. Uh, it's unrelentingly hard for no reason. Like, <laughs> most Castlevania games are hard. The ways that that game is hard are stupid. Uh, I, I finished it, of course, because I finished every Castlevania game at some point. That game is among the hardest and among the least satisfying to actually complete. Uh... <laughs> The only ones I would register as possibly being harder would be Vampire Killer on the MSX, which is just stupid. And uh, Haunted Castle in the arcade, but that one just kind of falls over and gives up about halfway through, so honestly it might actually be harder than that. I certainly hate it more. Mm. Uh, it has really bad art direction that doesn't work very well. Like I, There's a lot of strange things about that game. I don't fully understand why they are that they are. Uh, but one of the ones that's most stunningly obvious is uh, the way that uh, I'm just like I'm still like completely lost in how bad this game is. Sorry. Uh, one of the things that's really bizarre is the way that, like, the art assets don't fit together in, like, a very strange fashion. Because, like, it's a it's theoretically a remake of the Turbo game. It is not reused. Like, it's reusing some of the art assets, but a lot of them have been redone. And a lot of the ways that they've been redone are bad. But I feel like the most obnoxiously weird thing that it does is there will be a lot of points where you get a screen transition from one screen to another. And it doesn't make sense how your character got from one point to from point A to point B. So like you'll walk through uh, you'll walk to a new screen and suddenly you'll be facing you'll be like you were outside, now you're in a cave with a wall behind you. And it's not clear at all how that happened. And that doesn't seem like it's important, but one of the things that's cool and makes the early Castlevania games feel good is that they have really strong attention to detail and how they're game, like put together. And this has no attention to detail and how it's put together. <laughs> the the infamous screen is one in the last stage where uh, there is a you're you're walking up 
uh, a tower in the castle that's supposed to be like leading you to Dracula. And if you're looking in the background, it's like a recycled background, as I recall, from some other game. It has a tower in the background, the tower you are supposed to be climbing up. Hmm. So you climb up those stairs, you get to the top, and you find your you go through a doorway, and then suddenly you have a solid brick wall behind you. It's so, so bad. It's so, like, just boring and, like, artistically dead. Sorry, I just... Oh, that, that game bothers me. And then, of course, you get to the final Dracula fight, which is like a, a prank on the player, because the final Dracula fight is essentially, functionally... His attack patterns are identical to uh, the ones in Rondo of Blood, except the entire thing takes place over pits. Hmm. Like, he's just jumping... Oh, You're jumping from platform to pat platform over pits... It is very rare that you will take a hit in that fight that does not send you careening off the uh, stage and into a bottomless pit and die. Like, you basically have to do that fight without getting hit. It's so bad. It's such a terrible game. Don't play it. Uh, the GBA games, I'm not huge on Circle, but I'd still rather play Circle of the Moon. Uh, Harmony of Distance is fun, uh, and Aria of Sorrow has a legitimate claim to being the best Castlevania game. So, you know, that's a good package. A lot of value in there. They've made some good quality of life improvements to Circle of the Moon. You can now actually tell which enemies drop uh, cards, which is important because cards are like the entire like gameplay system of that game, and it was impossible. Like, one, uh, in the original version, uh, the drop rate is so low that it's really hard to tell whether an enemy just doesn't drop anything or you just aren't getting lucky enough. But with the upgrades made to this one, the game will just flash in the corner, like when you kill an enemy, whether the enemy can drop a card. So you can actually tell how to get cards in this one. And like, I wish that they had given the option to increase the drop rate, but even that quality of life change is huge. But yeah, that, that's a good collection. Uh, go play it. Nice. Uh, one of the other things they announced was some weird card RPG involving Yoko Taro. Yeah, uh, I have heard very little about that. Uh, the demo. Yeah, I had a friend who played the demo and did not seem to think very highly of it. Mm. It looks really uh, his His big complaints... Well, he, this wasn't a complaint, but it was an observation that the card metaphor has essentially nothing to do with the gameplay, apparently. Mm. Like, it's it's not meaningfully mechanically card-based. Uh, but the other thing that he was talking about was, one, it has just a lot of just animations that are unskippable and long, <laughs> which sounds tiresome after a while. And the other complaint that he was having when he was telling me about this, was that the game, uh, like, it didn't feel like it had a hook uh, in terms of, like, its narrative. It just seemed really kind of generic. Hmm. And my, my personal assumption would be that uh, at some point in the game, it will turn out that the thing that you were doing uh, was actually bad for reasons you couldn't have known. Uh, and you should, uh, you should feel emotions about that game, which... Uh, is mostly just me being glib about the structure of essentially every other Yoko Taro game, but uh, 
you know, that, that seems like the sort of thing. But yeah, uh, it, it's sort of like structured, apparently, like a tabletop game. You have like a narrator who's like explaining the story. He's the only one that talks, basically, apparently. But yeah, apparently nice music, uh, pretty, but, you know, slow and kind of tedious to play so far, uh, according to the friend I had who actually sat through the entire demo. So <laughs> I, I probably won't be playing it because I don't like Yokotaro games that seem like they should be aimed at me, so... But, yeah. That, that's that's the only word of mouth I've heard about it this far. Okay. I can't bust any interest. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, after that, then we saw some more triangle strategy. Yeah, that looks great. I'm into that. Yeah. They announced a suite of, like, improvements that they said were based on the feedback we got. It's like, buddy, you were going to make these changes regardless. It just sounds better <laughs> when you... Because, like, a lot of them are just, like, obvious changes of, like, this game's not done yet. But, yeah, like, it's just like, oh, uh, oh, and also, yes, they they announced, when they talked about Triangle Strategy, it is no longer Project Triangle Strategy. Triangle Strategy is just its name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just gotta live with that. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so that's that looks really good. It looks like it'll fill the sort of Final Fantasy Tactics Ogre, uh, Final Ta Fantasy Tactics Tactics Ogre style strategy RPG. That like there isn't really currently something in the market that does right now. So uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, let's see. tired than you because I am just fading fast. <laughs> okay, I'll try to carry this. Uh, I'm going to pull up a list of what was at the direct. Okay. For... Um, so there was the big surprise, uh, which was, oh hey, it's a trailer about ActRaiser. Oh hey, look yeah. at this, there's a remake of ActRaiser. Oh hey, the remake of ActRaiser is out right now! Yeah, <laughs> ActRaiser Renaissance. Yeah. That was weird. Oh, if we can briefly talk about something that's not an RPG, but that I found really exciting because it I never thought it would actually happen. Kirby? Yeah, Kirby. 3D Kirby. That yeah. was never... The closest they've come is there was a 3DS, like, mini-game that was, like, sort of a puzzle game that's technically in 3D, but it was not really a platformer. A 3D Kirby uh, platformer has never happened. And I kind of assumed that it never would because the time to do it felt like it had passed. Yeah. Like the time that would have obviously had it happen. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to bring up 3D Kirby because I was really excited. Yeah, it's like, I oh, I've always wanted to try that. Yeah, no, I wanted to talk about that too because it looks... It's uh, it's Kirby new, Odyssey and yeah. it looks really good. A new Kirby was kind of leaked before the Direct. And it was like, eh. But it wasn't clear what it was. Yeah. So I was just thinking, like, oh, it's going to be, like, another... Just it's going to be, like, Star Allies. And, like, that was yeah. fine, but I, I don't... I've played a lot of Kirby's. I, I can take a break from that kind of Kirby. Yeah. So I wasn't really that interested. And then, you know, the trailer pops up, and it's like, okay, here, let's get this over with. I, I legitimately started glibly saying, hey, this is such like Neurotomata. Yeah. 
<laughs> it just looks like a more colorful Nier Automata because of the background. But, and then, yeah, like, it's yeah. just like... And when it started showing the gameplay, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Yeah, I had a, I was watching with a friend, and, like, we were both trying to determine, is this 2.5D? It's like he just on a rail, and then, like, they started showing points where it's like, no, yeah. he obviously is able to move in proper three dimensions. Yeah. That is uh, it looks a bit like uh, somewhere between Mario Odyssey and 3D World, depending upon what part you're looking at, but it looks like there's some actual 3D exploration. I'm all over it. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, they brought back Chocobo Racing? Yeah, that was rad. That was wild to see. Yeah. The last sign of life for that was a 3DS release list at launch in like 2011, uh, where they were like, yeah, Chocobo Racing 3D, and then it was never shown or spoken of again, except for like the director of the original Chocobo Racing being asked about it and saying, if I had been in charge, we would have shipped it. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Looks, I so that was I'm, cute. I'm down for that. It, it looks like a good Mario Kart clone. Yeah. Uh, they showed off, like, 64-person tournaments where it's, like, eight people playing in each uh, match of, like, eight like eight match. Like, uh, or I guess, like, eight be... You know, you, you, you're a it's a tournament, but, like, it's a gigantic tournament of eight-player matches. <laughs> uh, see, they promised that the last DLC character for Smash Ultimate would be released... Uh, would be... Shown and demonstrated on the fifth. Uh, I can't wait for people maybe to just really log out of the internet that day because people are going to be really fucking yeah. pissed off. It doesn't matter who it is. There is yeah. no, there is no one they can pick that is not because that, a bunch of angry people. I mean, because that last character is going to be the denial of every other character. People yeah, want. exactly. So like, even if someone's happy, a bunch of people are going to be pissed because the one like the character they wanted isn't in. But yeah, uh, they announced an Animal Crossing Direct. Uh, Dying Light on Switch? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, uh, so I've was, heard that's good. I've never played it. It was Dying Light 2 uh, uh, via Cloud, and then an actual version of Dying Light Proper 1. Proper port of Dying Light yeah. 1, yeah. Just interesting. Uh, Metroid Dread? Yeah, Metroid Dread. Next looks week. good. Can't wait. Uh, Switch Online Expansion Pack. That feels worthy of note. Yes, so N64 and Genesis games Genesis. right now for an additional fee. I'm sure there's going to be more. Yeah, uh, uh, they showed some really cool things that you wouldn't have expected uh, among the list of N64 games. Uh, so the obvious ones were, of course, like Mario 64, Mario Kart, Zelda, uh there's some other stuff that, like, it's either never been re-released or, like, it's fallen into extreme obscurity. Uh, oh, of course, Star Fox 64 as well. That game's probably yeah. uh, But, so, like, for example, Dr. Mario 64, like, I think that was, like, you know, that's a... Among people who care about Dr. Mario, that's considered a particularly good one and hasn't been re-released in any capacity ever. Like, it was never on Wii Virtual Console, to my knowledge. Nice. Uh... Mario Tennis, which, you know, that's that's been re-released before. Uh, that's expected. Yoshi's Story, same thing. But the real, like, stars of the show in terms of what the hell is this doing here. Uh, one, Sin and Punishment, which they made an official, like, American box art for. That's weird. Uh, 
which is really incredible to me. Uh, and, uh, but you know, that's been, that's been released before. It's a rarer thing. Like we haven't seen it since the Wii Virtual Console release. Please play it. It's, inc it's an incredible rail shooter. It's one of Treasure's best games. Uh, Treasure has actually implied that they have other games coming to Switch Online that weren't shown. Uh, which on N64, there are essentially, uh, two options. There's Mischief Makers and there's the original version of Bongayo. Neither has ever been re-released in any capacity. I would love to see both. Uh, and on Genesis, there's, of course, Alien Soldier, uh, Light Crusader. There's a bunch of stuff that has been re-released before, but it's all good. Uh, but the, the weirdest possible thing that was shown as a launch for the Switch Online expansion pack was Winback. Uh, I'm not sure if you know what Winback is. Mm -mm. Uh, win oh, uh, yes, yes. Yes, that weird shooter. Yeah, it's like a cover shooter for the N64 made by the Dynasty Warriors developers. It's super ahead of its time. It's kind of janky now, but it's worth playing just for how strange it is to play it because like the it, it's reaching the like gears of war style cover shooter but it's reaching it from the opposite direction that uh gears of war would reach it from because like when you play something like gears of war it's a cover shooter but it's approached from the design philosophy of like you're taking a third per a first person shooter and sort of like working out how that works in uh third person like what advantages and disadvantages that gives you in winback you're essentially reaching a cover shooter from the premise of how do we make time crisis work without a light gun? Hmm. Like that is how its design is put together. And it's actually a really neat game and a really innovative game. That's never The last time it was released was the PS2 port that came out in like March of 2000, uh, in March of 2001, which is the, which is the graphically superior version. But that version's never coming back because Sony doesn't give a shit about the PS2 anymore. Uh, but yeah, uh, they also showed some uh, games that will be coming, but they don't have a definitive time frame on, like F-Zero X, which, hey, F-Zero showed up at a Nintendo Direct. Uh, and the big surprise, the last thing they showed as this will come to the Switch expansion pack, but we don't have a definitive time for when, was Banjo-Kazooie. Mm -hmm. They negotiated. They did the necessary negotiations with Microsoft to let them release Banjo Kazooie on the Switch, and that's kind of incredible. Like yeah. this is uh, this is that is already like makes the service seem more promising, just because it shows they actually went to the trouble to find things that are one not readily available, or two that would have required them to go to extra trouble to get. <laughs> so you know. That you know, that made me really enthusiastic about this, and I like pe people have complained that it'll be for an extra fee, and I kind of get that. But at the same time, Switch Online is only twenty dollars a year; it's literally a third what everything else uh, is. Yeah. So if they ask for like five, ten dollars more a year for the expansion pack, I will happily toss that at them. It's like, yeah, you know what? For these games, sure. Oh God, I've been streaming a black screen on my stream for a while. Crud. Oops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, there's been Darksiders on the RPG on the screen. Whoopsie doodle. But yeah, uh, on Genesis they showed uh, Bloodlines, Fantasy Star... Uh, Castlevania Bloodlines, Fantasy Star 4, Contra Hardcore, Wrist Star, uh, Dr. Robotnik, Mean Bean Machine, Shining 
uh, Shinobi 3, Return of the Ninja Master, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Streets of Rage 2, Strider, the Genesis port of that, that does not show up that often, uh, Gunstar Heroes, and Musha Aless, which is one of the best shooters on the Genesis, a system that has a lot of good shooters, and which almost never comes out, uh, which almost never comes back, so... They've shown that, like, not only are they doing, like, not only are they bringing out a fairly decent suite of these games, but that they're actually bringing out, like, some games that are desirable and don't come out that often. So, I, I'm pretty enthused about this. Uh, after that, they showed the GBA Castlevania, well, the Castlevania Advanced Collection, I should say. Uh... And we, we already discussed that at length, mostly so I could complain that Castlevania Vampire's Kiss is one of the worst games in the franchise. Uh, but yeah. Uh, and then, then we got one of the most shitpost fucking things that's ever happened on a Nintendo Direct. Do we want to talk about the Mario Cast? <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes. And okay. and uh, I was honestly surprised with the reaction. And I'll tell uh, you, in what sense? Uh, because maybe people are just kind of oblivious, but you have to think of it this way. Generally speaking, if you're doing an animated movie, it's cast and voice recorded well ahead of time. Yeah, you in American animated material. The voice recording is done before the animation is done. Yeah. So if you think about it that way and look back like a few years, you're like, okay, this cast makes a lot of sense because it's a lot of trendy superstars. Now, we'll talk about in a second how maybe these are terrible trendy superstar choices for some of the characters. All of these are actually really good, I think. Yeah. But yeah, obviously the one people complained about the most was Chris Pratt as Mario, which yeah, which you know, it's understandable. But whine all you want, uh, we were all Gaga for Star Lord a few years ago. So, yeah, when this casting would have been done, it made yeah. perfect sense, and also it was definitely decided by the studio. Yes, so this that's definitely of our own making, to be honest. Yeah. So, uh... Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. I have not seen her in anything, but from what I've heard, she sounds like good casting. Uh, I think my the most like personally inspired one to me is Charlie Day as Luigi. Yes, that's perfect. If, it's perfect. If you if you have ever seen, it's always sunny. And, uh, oh, hey, Tam. Tam just showed up in the European. Oh, nice. Uh, says hello to the Q and A Q crew. Uh, but if you if you've ever seen uh, fucking, what do you call it? If you've ever seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Charlie in that gives off extreme Luigi energy. Yes, absolutely. It's like, just like incredibly like, if, if Luigi was like broken as a person, uh, like fully broken as a human being and just descended into hedonism, like that's what Charlie Charlie from Always Sunny would be like uh, what Charlie from Always Sunny is. Uh, just like this sort of person who is constantly like 
nervous and sort of resentful of being treated like dirt. Uh, like, yeah, so Char Charlie Day is Luigi 100% on board for. And uh, another, the other one I'm 100% on board for, Jack Black as uh, Bowser is perfect. Yes, yes. He is the exact kind of boisterous, the exact kind of capable of being like a to treat as the villain, but like that degree of just like, ah, eh, but you're still charming and kind of just, you're just kind of dumb uh, in terms of what performance he can put on. Yeah. So yeah, uh, he's also an experienced voice actor and a very good one. Uh, so is Charlie uh, Day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I did want to bring up uh, again that he was in Psychonauts 2. I didn't even realize it was him because it was one of the only times I've ever seen someone cast Jack Black and tell him not to tr just try to sound as Jack Black as possible. Interesting. He, there's a section in Psychonauts 2 that, like, by the end you'll realize it's Jack Black, but at first it will not occur to you. <laughs> and it's actually really good. Uh Play Psychonauts too. It's really good, um, but yeah. Uh, um, and the the most what the fuck uh, among the cast. Uh, I'll save the most what the fuck for last. But Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't under like. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. Go off. Uh, truly baffling. Uh, and among the main like name cast, the one that's hilarious to me is Keegan Michael Key as Toad. Okay. Uh, for uh, I assume. Uh, See when I when plenty I... of people know Key and Peel. Uh, Jordan Peel, I think, uh, has gone on to more of a directing thing uh, for the most part. Uh, whereas it looks like P uh, Key has mostly gone on to uh, to voice acting. He's done a lot of that recently, it looks like. But uh, nice. like for from me, who knows him from King and Peele, it's like what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw so people were doing lots of tweets of like throwing random actors in some of the roles, like as jokes, and I saw someone posting about that one and thought for a second well that one's that a joke, joke right yeah that's one of the jokes right it's like oh no no that's right they know so <laughs> the other thing that's very strange is when you look at the list of uh, other people they mentioned by name who are who are more career voice actors kevin michael richardson uh fred arneson uh but the characters they've been cast as are bizarre mm -hmm. uh so, like, I, I would not have assumed Frankie Kong was going to have a speaking role in this film. It's weird. But Fred Armisen is cast as Frankie Kong. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson is Kamek? That's okay, sure. I guess Kamek makes sense. And Sebastian uh, Maniscalco as Spike. Do you remember who Spike is? Spike. No. Near as I can, the nearest guess anyone has for what spike this is supposed to be, there are two possible spikes essentially. But I think they would, in fact, both be the same spike in this sense. 
So there's a spike in the first live-action Super Mario Brothers movie, who is seemingly probably also a reference to this character. Because I'm pretty sure this is Foreman Spike from Wrecking Crew. Huh. You don't remember what Wrecking Crew is. <laughs> the last time you thought of Wrecking Crew was a Super Smash Brothers stage. Is that an N64 game, or am I thinking of something No, else? that is a Famicom game. Oh god, yeah, no, no idea. Where Mario is just a construction worker, and like, yeah, no, no one's thought about Wrecking Crew in decades. Uh, it is weird to see anyone cast a Spike, seemingly Foreman Spike. No idea why. But yeah, I needed to rant about that. Splatoon 3! Yay! It's very Splatoon. The mammals were horrifying. Yeah. And looked less like humans than the squids do. So it's very Splatoony. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it looks fun. Yep. I'm excited. But uh, yeah, uh, so hooray for Orange <laughs> Spike. But yeah, Splatoon three. It looks like Splatoon. It looks like it has a beefier single player mode than one or two. So I'm interested in that. Uh, a lot more of like the world of Splatoon seemingly being shown off. So I'm into that. Uh, seemingly dubbed like Return of the Mammalians. Uh, but yeah, and then we got a beautiful surprise at the end. Act Razor. That wasn't at the end. Oh no! What was at the end? Bayonetta three. Oh yes, finally Bayonetta three gameplay. Yeah, we have not seen this since uh, its teaser trailer announcement at the Game Awards in 2017. Yikes. Uh, it seemingly had a bunch of uh, issues in development. Uh, I'm pretty sure the original director left. But the new director is the original lead designer on Scalebound. Nice. Uh, the new game... Uh, looks fantastic. It looks like a technical showcase uh, for both Platinum and the Switch. It's, it looks incredibly good. Uh, they showed the ability to actually control Bayonetta's like, Wicked Weave uh, monsters that, you know, she'll sometimes do a finishing move where, like, she pulls out, like, a giant dog or whatever and it would, like, do a quick time event where you just like, killed something. But in... Three, it looks like you actually control those, and she's just sort of dancing in the corner while <laughs> while they're uh, like wrecking shop, and it looks really fun. Uh, but also fascinating is that it seems to have scavenged that mechanic from the corpse of Scalebound, which uh, it's probably about as much of that game as we're ever going to get to play. So it's <laughs> nice that something got pulled from it. Yay! But yeah, it, it looks incredible. I'm just really happy that Bayonetta's back. Her new design is cool. I'm glad that they've decided that, oh, every game Bayonetta gets redesigned. Yes. Like, she's got a new, like, look every game. And, like, I really like her new look. It might be my favorite of her three looks so far. So Agreed. Just keep doing this. Keep going. Uh, but yeah, that's due for next year. Uh, it's wonderful to see the game. Uh, return from hibernation. That's one of the nice things about these Nintendo Directs is like they said when they talked about this, they were like, "This will be for games coming in 2022." And like the most ambiguous release date anything had was Bayonetta three with an ambiguous 2022. Almost everything else was like February 2022, March 2022, 
uh, spring 2022. Like that, that stuff's actually just going to be playable soon. <laughs> uh, there's supposed to be a direct better explaining how Switch Online expansion pack will uh, function sometime in the next month or so. So yeah, big ups, uh, big big ups. Uh, but yeah, that was that was quite a direct I had. I was completely enchanted by that shit. Yeah. No, that, that act raiser reveal was still super crazy. Yeah, and we need to actually discuss uh, one the amount of work uh, the uh, the original act raiser composer put into that game. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, but uh, what was I going to say? Something about it. Uh, sorry, I was just checking the chat to make sure I hadn't missed any questions. Uh, I also agree with Tam that I want. Uh, Blast Core to show up on Switch Online Expansion Pack. Blast Core is fucking incredible. But, uh, so ActRaiser uh, Renaissance has a new stage. And a new stage means new music. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Uh, but yeah, uh, thinking about Blask. Sorry, I'm thinking about Blask. Uh, but they, there's a new stage, and that has new music, and that was composed the same way that the original music was composed, and it's a banger. Uh, but yeah, like he actually composed it for the like uh, SFC 700 chip or whatever the Super Nintendo used first, and then remixed it for modern instrumentation so that there would be a proper retro arrangement and a proper modern arrangement. That's crazy. Yeah. he. Had, uh, <laughs> I want to bring this up because I think it's incredibly funny. Uh, he had actually gotten back into composing for the SFC 700 because uh, a VTuber had commissioned him for <laughs> background music in the style of ActRaiser because she had played it and loved it. Oh my god. That's my personal favorite VTuber. That's Karane. And uh, <laughs> he was like, yeah, it was... Say what? Have, Have confidence. Con oh, no confidence. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Karane had like commissioned him for ActRaiser-style background music for her streams. Uh, and that's a banger, too, if you've never heard that. But uh, basically, he had gotten back into composing on the SFC 700 on that basis, and then, like, right after that, was, uh, got contacted by Square, like, hey, uh, can you do more of that for this ActRaiser remaster? But, yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, <laughs> that was just a very funny footnote in that, but yeah. That, that remake, by all accounts, like, some people have been complaining that it's not as pretty as they'd hoped, and I can understand that, but by all accounts, it actually plays really well. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, notably, uh, they've made some alterations to both, to deepen the complexity of both the, uh, sim and the action segments. You have, like, 
backdashes and combos in the action segments. So it's a little less stiff, a little less like Raston. Uh, and the... Uh, rip. And the... Uh, the non... Uh, the sim segments now have, like, sort of tower defense segments, although you have to activate them, so it's not like the game will just suddenly throw things at you that you need to deal with. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems like it's actually a really good remake, uh, if you don't mind the art. Uh, so... Uh, I need to pick that up sooner, soon-ish. Uh, Pause played a little on this channel, it looked really good. Oh, I must have missed that stream. Yeah, she actually but, yeah. wrote a review for it already. I forget what she oh, I haven't checked she, that. She had a lot of good things to say about it. Yeah, it's, it seems like, despite initial misgivings people have based on how it looked, that it's actually a really good little remake. Uh, and Yuzo Koshiro has let slip that it has apparently sold better than expectations. Good. So, uh, and has expressed his hope that they will remake Act Razor 2 and Soul Blazer and Illusion of Gaia and Terra Enigma. And yes, you know what? Please, please do. Uh, like, I feel like that's the only way we're ever going to play those games again. But, like, I would love for both the original versions and the remakes to be available. Like, I would love for there to be remakes and re-releases of the original versions. I just feel like there's a lot of value in keeping the original versions available. But, like, I, I, I would like those remakes to exist. Uh, if, if we're getting none or remakes, yes, please give me remakes. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, just really exciting. Uh... Absolutely uh, wonderful to see Actraiser get to come back. Yeah. Uh, oh, one other thing in the direct that kind of snuck, snuck, almost snuck past me was there was a release date for Rune Factory Five in there. Yeah, which is good news. It's March yeah. next year. Yeah, that's another one where it's like basically if you saw something at that direct, there was a good chance that it was coming out within the next. Uh, that it was coming out within six months. Yeah. Which, again, is one of the nice things about those directs, is that it's very rare for a direct to have games that you won't be playing for years. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard that there were some issues with the initial launch of that game, so... Uh, it seems kinda... like we're getting a fairly improved version to begin yeah. with. Like, it seems like they're making a lot of changes to it that had... Like, it seems like we're sort of getting, like, the version you'd get after several patches. Yeah, so it's almost good that um, it wasn't a simultaneous it took so long. release. Yeah. yeah. Unlike Lost Judgment. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, that still tickles me that we actually got that simultaneously with the <laughs> uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a that was a really satisfying to watch direct. I had a ton of fun. Like it seemed like everything that they showed was like, yes, this is for me. <laughs> yep. So big big excitement. Uh, I guess I'll briefly report that another like I can't. I think it was like Bloomberg reported again that at least eleven developers have uh, have. Uh, from from huge to tiny have dev kits for a quote-unquote 4K Switch. Uh, Nintendo has denied this uh, claim, but uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just claiming that that's not... If they would be hiding behind the technicality of that's not what it's called. <laughs> yeah. But uh, realistically, 
my personal bet was you'll be seeing a Switch successor in probably about March of 2023. Sounds about right. By that point, the Switch will be nearly six years old. Uh, there will be plenty of... There will have been plenty of time for developers to have come to grips with the new hardware by... The, the earlier rumors about this peg developers as having gotten dev kits for it possibly as early as late last year. So by that point, people would have actually had time to develop things for it. Uh, if we indeed see a Switch to in March of 2023. But yeah, uh, it just felt like bringing that up. It's, it's in Nintendo's best interest to uh, pretend that there is no Switch successor coming anytime soon because they are currently about to launch an upgraded Switch. Yeah. Not a huge upgrade, but like an upgrade that's like, oh, this has a better screen. It's generally like the sort of premium version. Your PS4 Pro or whatever. Even if it's got no extra horsepower, it's still the same like principle of this is the nicer upscale version. But yeah. Uh... But yeah, that's the direct. Uh, and I think Wheels might be too tired for us to do... Uh, oh, we have one question that was on an episode that I wanted to hit. Okay. Uh, so maybe we'll hit that before we go to bed. But Crawl uh, asked on episode 226, does your personal opinion of games vary over time, even after you are no longer playing them? I'll find I may consider a game a 5 out of 5 is something immediately after finishing it. But we'll slowly revise my opinion until a year later. Later, maybe I think of it as more. 4 out of 5. Happens the other way, too, when I think of my favorite game later. What games, if any, have you changed your mind most about long after playing them? Hello. Hello. Oh, hey. Uh, we're dying, and we just spent a while talking about the Nintendo Direct. But Okay, well, then good. You got through all the stuff that I have nothing to say about. <laughs> there's okay, some stuff so at the Direct you probably care about. Oh, but... uh, really? Like what? Or you know what? You oh, there's Actraiser Renaissance. Hmm? There's an Actraiser remake. That was kind of neat. Oh, yeah, I've been hearing about that. Here, Paws likes it. Yeah. By, by all accounts, it's actually quite good. But, you know, it's completely out of nowhere. Uh, On the plus side, that means that quite possibly the Heaven and Earth series may be coming back. Yeah, Yuzo Koshiro, the composer on it, was tweeting about how the game seemed to have sold better than expected. Uh, and was talking about how his personal hopes that that means that uh, Act Razor 2, Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, and Terra Enigma would also get remade. So let's uh, hope. Yeah, nice. there's, yeah, that's there's actually, positive signs. I was gonna say that that's on my list of things I would really like to see playable again. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so anyway, yeah. did I hear you reading a Fire Miner question when I popped in? No, no, this was a question on episode 226 from Crawl. Ah. Uh, okay. Does your person does your personal opinion of games vary over time, even after you are not allowed to play? I'll find I may consider a game a five out of five or something immediately after finishing it, but will slowly revise my opinion until a year later. Maybe I may think of it as more than four out of five. Happens the other way too, when where I think about more highly of a game later. What games, if any, have you changed your mind most about long after playing them? Well, I mean, this is what, usually why I give myself at least a week or two after finish a game to actually do the review. If I do a review on it, mm -hmm. smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, um, I mean, part of the learning experience of game reviewing is being able to pick through your own feelings pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. Going with my pre-RP Gamer career, I'd say probably the first one would be Final Fantasy Legend 2. Mm. Just because I struggled with it a lot when I was like 11 years old. Same. 
Yep, and uh, initially enjoyed Final Fantasy Legend 3 a lot more because it was simpler and easier to understand how to do stuff. And then came to appreciate mm. it a whole lot more later on. Mm. And the other one that immediately comes to mind, honestly, Mystic Quest. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a, really good, that's a really good example, for sure. Yeah, just because, um, I mean, yeah, I finished it in literally a day and a half. Um, and yes, my then seven-year-old little brother finished it within the rest of the week-long rental period. <laughs> um, but, I mean, all th things considered, it's a well-constructed little game with some great music. And you know what? The industry needs some entry-level games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's and it's like, you know, the, the, the complaints about Mystic Quest are mostly that uh, it isn't what you wanted it to be when you were... Um, yeah, it's yeah. the game my parents accidentally rented instead of Final Fantasy 2. Yeah, but when you yes. take it for what it actually is, it's a well-constructed yeah. game. Yeah. It's a lot of fun with a great soundtrack. Incredible soundtrack. Better dungeon design than most Final Fantasy games at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I really, really enjoyed the monster sprites and the way that they changed over the course of damage. Oh yeah, there's a lot of great art in it. Like it's it's yeah. a really like when you just accept it for what it is, a, a short, easy little entry level RPG. Uh, it's actually quite good at what it's trying to be. <laughs> it's square at the height of its 16-bit powers, showing that they can like uh, you know monkey around with the formula to try to make it a little easier and more approachable for new players. Mm. Also, Final Fantasy 13 is kind of Mystic Quest too, and I don't mean that as an insult to either game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could see that. But, yeah, I, I uh, but yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of any like I've. I'm usually pretty consistent for RPGs. My tastes haven't changed too much. Usually, if I'm going to, if my opinion's going to change on something, it's when I play it again. Uh. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not when I'm thinking about it in the post uh, playthrough period, and it's 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 gotten less common over time. But like, uh, I guess to to bring up some that uh, I have been hobby horses of mine in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. I really liked FF10 when it was new. I kind of can't stand it now. <laughs> uh, see. I mean, I, I finally I really enjoyed Final Fantasy X when I was finally able to. Oh, finally got around to playing it again with some ability to save the game. That's really important uh, for most yes, RPGs. Uh, yes, um, about 20 years ago, I did not realize that, you know, what the save cards did not come with the rental for the PlayStation 2. Uh, uh, and then we found out exactly how far you can get in Final Fantasy X before you really probably should be saving. Yeah, if I were First to hazard being, a guess. Oh, okay. please hazard the guess. There were there were two particular spots. Hmm. Places where you would suddenly run into major issues uh, if mm -hmm. you could not save. Uh -huh. If you're getting really ambitious, I feel like you could probably get to, like, Beaconel Desert. Uh, the first time we died, for real, yeah. was the Calm Lands. Damn. Against wow. a Marlboro. Oh, that'll, yeah, that's instant death. The second time... Was it Mount Gagazette? It was the boss on Mount Gagazette. Yeah, of course. That that thing murders everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah, so yeah, in the course of one week, my brother and I managed to get through the, the game that far like twice. Three quarters of the game twice. Which without saving. There's some sort of metal. Uh, mm. There should be, but unfortunately it doesn't have the the neat little go back to the last save, possible save point that Final Fantasy VI did. Yeah, and it doesn't have the, like, just start from the beginning of this battle that FF13 had. Yeah, or that a lot of games had. Yeah, but like, uh, I was thinking of like the next FF game that actually had that. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, um, okay, so for games that I went back to later and was less impressed, I think part of this just has to be with me and my tendency to not forget details of story very easily. Mm-hmm. And there are some games where if you remember too much of the story going in, then you're probably not going to be having as much fun just because there isn't as much there to lure you along. Mm-hmm. And in that case would probably be the time I've tried to play Final Fantasy VI on Game Boy Advance. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm, I definitely remember enjoying it very much the first time in 1997. Um, mm. Not so much in 2018. Mm. <laughs> Again, uh, I mean, not, not just because of the fact that I was playing in Japanese, um, but... It, even though I could actually do a line by line comparison on translations in a few cases, mm. um, yeah, as it turns out, some of the funnier, more memorable lines in the English translation just did not match the Japanese at all. Go figure. Ha-ha. Yeah, son of a submariner. Uh, yes, you son of a submariner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you sh- if you haven't, and you want to see someone else do that so that you don't have to, there's a. Tomato in, on Legends of Localization did a comparison between the Super Nintendo translation, the original Japanese text, the Game Boy Advance translation, and a fan translation, and just for kicks, also Google Translate. Mm-hmm. Just to compare all of the different possible available translations of Final Fantasy VI in, the, in English and how loyal and accurate each of them was. And yeah. that's, that's totally so- an article worth reading. <laughs> Though my, my original guess on the origin of Mr. Thou turned out to be just a little off. Mm. Because I, I assumed it was because um, Cyan had been using a, like one of the more obscure second-person pronouns, like mm-hmm. Onushi. Oh yeah, that would totally make sense. However, it's actually that he was using the older form of the Japanese copular. So instead of saying des, he was saying de gozaru. Yeah. And... Gal was hearing Gozaru and hearing Saru, as in monkey. Yeah. So. Let's see. Yeah, I'm which remembering... Much, which would have been much more difficult to translate into English properly, so I'm glad that they found a different workaround for that. Yeah, that was a wiser choice. Uh, I'm a big fan of... Uh, I think my single favorite thing about uh, that translation comparison is when he gets to... Uh, I think it's like I think it's like Siegfried or something. Who's like in Japanese? He's using Oresama, mm-hmm. uh, which you know, not a pronoun anyone actually uses, but you know, you see it in games. Uh, yeah. But like, it's it's a super arrogant pronoun. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it's conferring essentially ultimate respect and deference to yourself. But and yet, uh, it's not even the most, it's not even the strongest form of that particular pronoun. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, it, it's also like a like masculine marker as well, so that's probably yeah. part of why it's done as well. Yeah. But uh, 
the fan translation somehow ended up <laughs> representing that as Mr. Me. What? <laughs> one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Huh. I mean, that's the thing with the Japanese pronouns. You don't. I mean, you usually can't translate them. Yeah, properly. you have to translate how they're talking, not the words they're using. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm probably. I've probably mentioned this before, but there was apparently a college literature class my brother took where they were reading Haruki Murakami in English, yeah. and one of his classmates was actually from Japan and spoke Japanese and was reading the same book in Japanese. Mm. And there was an entire paragraph in the English translation explaining some things about um, honorifics and respect markers that was not in the Japanese text. Mm. Because the English readers actually needed this explained to them. Yeah, you need that context for this to work. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, that's, that's also why you'll see, like, translations where like the character says a single word and then it'll get translated as a sentence because like that kind of sentence fragment is not something you typically say in english yeah or even worse the japanese sentence is one word yeah it'll like the the sentence will be like a sentence with an implied subject and an implied like object and yeah. maybe even an implied verb yes and or, so you um, like yeah, or um, I'm remembering there was this guy who was trying to do a fan translation of Final Fantasy VII. He was on the RP Gamer board at one point to try and grab attention for his project. Yeah, drama and, of interest. And um, he went about it completely the wrong way, did not handle any um, sort of commentary on it, and ended up being a drama queen and storming out. Oh, uh, of course. Um, like you did. But in his final message, he was like, well, I'm... Um, um, I've got the translation almost all the way up to Rocket Village. Yes, I said village, losers. And that was it. Um, and I'm like, sure, I'm sure it says Rocket Mura in Japanese. Yeah. But Japanese quantifies the difference between town and village to be an actual like measurement of land area versus population. Yeah, it's one of those things where like you have to remember yeah. that like there's some there there will usually be a translation that is close to being, like, yeah. as close as you'll get to one-to-one. -one. But that means there are always nuances where it's like, well, even though in most cases this word makes sense, in this case it doesn't. <laughs> no, I mean, like, in Japanese, the terms yeah. city, town, yeah. village, and even hamlet are quantified. Yeah, They're they have, like, very specific English. meanings. They're legally quantified, yeah. Yeah. They don't Whereas in Japanese, in English, so I mean, I mean there are there are places in my home state that use the word city as part of their name, and they yeah. would count as machi in Japanese or mura yeah. even. There yeah, is a section would... of Oklahoma City called the village, which would count as a machi in Japanese, mm -hmm. just by population. Mm -hmm. Um, the English uses these words for effect. They don't not yeah, necessarily almost anything. as much aesthetic as anything else. Yeah. Like, does this and feel urban? Honest, then it's a city. <laughs> yeah, and let's be honest, Rocket Town sounds better than Rocket Village. Yeah. Rocket Village almost sounds like you're trying to cut a deliberate contrast, which I don't think the game is actually actively attempting to do as much as no. that gives. No. Uh, and plus, I mean, the, the T meeting the T in the middle, it just... Yeah. It, 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 it flows it sounds better. better. Yeah. yeah. And, like, there's a lot to complain about out of 7's translation. That's not one of them. Definitely not. 
Not unless you're wanting to get really pedantic. Yeah. And at that point, you're kind of missing the spirit of the word for the uh, quote-unquote literal translation, which, yeah, again, yeah. there are always nuances. That's why there's no such thing as a perfect one-to-one -one translation for any given word. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, what... <laughs> Sam just says, wonder what happened to his retranslation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Saying, I remember that. But, yeah, uh, I think we're better off not knowing. I think I did not check up, but I would not be surprised if it just fell apart later on, because it seemed like he was the main person behind it, and those one-man band translations tend not to last too long for projects. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are often, now running into a wall. And often enough, the one person in charge of most everything has very strong opinions, and they make, they make themselves hard to work with. <laughs> they make themselves hard to work with, and sometimes their opinions run counter to the actual game. Yeah. So, or to the actual language in a few cases. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's uh. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, uh, we, we've kind of gone afield of the question, but I think wheels might also be dying. What was the question? Because... No worries, we're moving on, wheels. <laughs> was, it, was it the one about games you change your mind on? Yeah, yeah, if you've got any, let me know. Yeah, Dark Souls. Uh, yeah. Although that's, uh, that's more of a fine grain change than it is like a complete change. It's just that, obviously I played the game and reviewed it, and then continued on in New Game Plus, where I was able to get a lot better appreciation for how the game was put together mm -hmm. and kind of changed my mind a lot, but mostly on a granular level. Like, this is this goes from a really good game to one of the best games of all time, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, that's I it. I guess I'll, uh, I'll bring up a. a... Like, uh, as I mentioned, I usually only reevaluate on replay. I already mentioned replaying FF10 made me like it a lot less. But uh, the other one I was going to bring up as like a positive was actually uh, Kingsfield, which I still don't think is a mass market title. I don't think everyone should play it. But I do think that it, what it's trying to do, it's actually doing reasonably well. It's a very interesting early PS1 game. If you are interested in that kind of game, then it might be worth going back to. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's usually my first question whenever I'm trying to think of a review is, did this game actually do what it wanted to do? Yeah. But let's, and then of let's course the corollary question. The players wanted to do that. Did the game do what it wanted to do? Yeah. Like the two corollary questions in a review are, did the game do what it was trying to do? And was what it was trying to do a worthwhile goal? And if the answer is yes to one, no to the other, it's probably a 2.5 for me. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so but a lot yeah, of those are... how well it did whatever it was trying, not trying to do. Yeah, so. and how bad of an idea what it was trying to do was. But uh, apparent, uh, Tam says that apparently that retranslation is finalized in some fashion. Mm. So. Let's see. Uh, uh, I should check the podcast section of the Discord to make sure there wasn't anything. 
nope, nothing new in podcasts. Uh, we already talked about the Nintendo Direct. We talked about uh, what we've been playing. Did you want to talk anything about what you've been playing, guys? Same as before. Fair enough, fair enough. Except now I can add, um, like, high treason, murder, and massive violation of space-time warranty to my list of crimes. Yeah, sounds about right. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, granted, um, at least two of those were, um, instead of committing massive, massive homicide, um, a little homicide instead of an entire township worth of homicide. I'm still, I'm still like, seriously, you were trying to convince me this is a good idea. <laughs> okay, looking, looking ahead up, Tam just actually linked me to something about it, and it appears that it actually found its way out in 2015. Mm. For good enough. Really? Yeah. Oh, well. Good, good on that. And... Yeah, hopefully it became Bye. less uh, difficult to work with. <laughs> Yeah. Um. I mean, of all the games I would have said needed a better translation to begin with, Final Fantasy VII is probably not the top of my list. I mean, anything from that time period would be on the list somewhere, but... Yeah. I mean, all things considered, it was not the worst. It was better than eight. Interesting. Um, I've never heard that uh, opinion. Well, I mean, there were some. I mean, uh, from what I'm remembering of comparative here, a lot of Squall's interesting personality bits got paved over into pure emo because they decided to translate every um, a bunch of different lines as whatever. Yeah, there's a good Legends of Localization about this, where, like, each of those decisions makes sense individually, but when you do it to all of them, it makes him more irritating. Yes. But, uh... And the other part was probably just more of an issue with the story itself, where they they hid a lot of valuable background information in ways that you could probably find it if you went looking, but you probably wouldn't find it before you ended up in major plot points where you're trying to figure out why because mm-hmm. you don't have the necessary background information for it to start making sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know probably which ones I'm talking about. Yeah. So that Let's one, talk about I'm... how monsters come from the moon. Oh, that's not even the worst one. Yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure. But that's the one that's always like, that, that's a plot moon? point. Not so much. But that's one of those plot points in, uh, certainly in the English version, it just sort of comes up and then is promptly discarded and seems to add nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, if they ever bothered to remake Final Fantasy VIII in the same vein as, or even, not even half as much as Final Fantasy VII, I do hope that they reorganize some of the plot presentation a bit better. Yeah. It's, say what you will about FF7's translation, honestly, it brings across its characters correctly. <laughs> and honestly reorganize the game so it focuses more on the school setting. Also, maybe just, like, make it so you can buy spells, because the entire... Oh, yeah, I mean, that goes without saying, yes. Um, The ability to purchase spells, and also probably providing a bonus cap on junctions. Yeah. So so you are kind of um, 
encouraged to stock above the cap so you can actually use some of these and not actually have it a uh, penalty to whatever it's connected to. Yeah, just some way to actually use spells without being penalized for having done so. <laughs> that. Also, uh, Tam's message for me, because he's, he's apparently looking through this retranslation, uh, has mm -hmm. found... <laughs> Uh, he's like looking at the documentation. Found its documentation, and it lists Rocket Village area. Yep. So, yep. Definitely that guy. Hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, so thanks for thanks for doing the doing the legwork there, Tam. Let's see. Uh, any questions in your chat, Wales? Uh, nope. Uh, let's, did we miss one from Budai? Uh, no, just some comments from Budai. He said Circle of the Moon is pretty hard for Metroidvania. Oh yeah, it's way too hard, actually. Uh, uh, Dark Souls yeah, I, I reviewed that one two years ago, remember? Yeah, yeah. Dark Souls 2 and is I remember... great. I've been ridiculed for that. Yeah. Dark Souls 2 is great. Noted Dark Souls 2. This is a Dark Souls 2 appreciating uh, group, even though I don't think it's as good as 1 or 3. <laughs> I've never played any of the games in the series, and I don't really feel the need to. So I don't feel like they're games that would suit you. Nah. Oh, you did have a question here. Okay. Uh, what was the last game you bought at full price that you regretted, or that you wish you hadn't? The last uh, game I bought at full price, I wish I hadn't. I'd have to go back a number of years. I'm pretty good about knowing what I'll actually want. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, most of the ones I can really think of as regretting, I, I mean, I'm big on the, I'm still I'm big on the used game stores, so very <laughs> few come to mind. Yeah, like you have little reason to purchase things at full price. <laughs> yeah. I've got a fully functional and convenient secondhand games market available. Yeah. Hey, Wheels. Yes. You want to know what just slid into my mind? What? Haunted the Demon's Forge. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I certainly regret buying that at for a full price. Yeah, that was a rough time. What a rough life. What a dark time. Uh, I don't blame the developers. Bethesda doesn't have a QA. Didn't refuse to uh, actually pay or any heed to their QA team. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was the first thing that came to mind. Like it's, That was like nearly 10 years ago. Like it's It's been a very long time since I bought something at full price and thought, man, why did I do that? Uh, but yeah, uh, certainly there have been things where it's like, by the time I got around to it, it would have made sense to regret that I bought it full price because I could have gotten it cheaper, but I've never like been like, oh, this game was bad and I shouldn't have bought it at full price because I didn't feel like I got my money's worth. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Anything for you, Wales? Uh, Hunted Demon Forge. <laughs> For sure. We experienced that pain together. Yeah. Mm. Also Dark Souls 3. Mm. Wow. <laughs> uh, one, day I'll, one day I'll learn. Yeah, you eventually came on the book. 
We'll see. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so both of ours is like nine years ago. Uh at the dawn of our friendship. Yeah. It's a wonder our friendship survived given the experience hunted hunted the demons for together. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, there were a couple that I was eventually disappointed by that I bought. Mm. I think um, Lord of. Oh I wait, Lord I thought of, of one. I, I thought Lord of a of real Magnum, one. Just because I kind of enjoyed the demo at TGS, and then the game turned out to be a lot less than I thought it was. Yeah, I, I thought of one. Uh, mm-hmm. Although in this case, like I kind of knew that I was going to be disappointed. I just wanted to support the release of the game, Metal Maxi. Now. Oh yeah. Oh, and never mind. I should Oof. have immediately thought of. Okay, you know what? I've been blocking Xeno Reborn from my brain. Xeno Reborn automatically the winner of this conversation. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that anyone's gonna top that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, serious. Oh uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And when my best comment is that it made me nostalgic for the game it's supposed to be replacing, and that game's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To the point where, I mean, I still own a copy of Xeno because I've been enjoying the Hunter mode on occasion, but I do not have a copy of Xeno Reborn anymore. Yeah, that really speaks poorly of Reborn. Uh, you put and in I'm the a, dog and you're and, still worse. And I'm a, mostly a, a pretty good Metal Max collector. So. Yeah. Every time I, mean, I, I look at I regret Reborn. never getting the special box for Metal Max 2 Reloaded. I was, that looked really awesome. Yeah. Also, every time I look at Great Ace Attorney, I'm like, man, I wish I was replaying that right now. I love that game. Uh, but yeah. Um, that's probably one of my favorite games of this year thus far. But let's see. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like Metal Max Zine, like for, for me, it was kind of like a foregone, like, I've already heard that this is not very good, but yeah, because I, I, to I was it. reporting it to you for months and months. Yeah, I knew that it, but it was one of those things where it's like, well, I gotta support Metal Max in the U.S. Gotta take the scraps. I'm not gonna enjoy it, but at least I'll have supported it. But like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've been at this for nearly two hours. Uh, really? Yeah, we started Sorry. at like nine, I think. It's 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 good. It's like we we were like we we started only because it was like we hope we you'll get here, but we didn't know when it. Would I, be I I forgot here. forgot to message you to say that my school's back on regular time. Oh okay. Uh, well, we yeah. can worry about rescheduling if needs be. Uh, after the past, I suppose. Uh, uh, on the plus side, two weeks from now is the midterm exam, which means I am able to get here much earlier. In two weeks. Oh, yeah. Next week, okay. about the same time, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, fair enough. We'll make it work. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, did we want to, I guess, I, I, personally, I was thinking we'd just wrap things up and uh, leave... Uh, some more fire miners question for next week. But... Sure, give me Man, give me a bit, a bit more chance to do research into question fifty one. Oh, I should look at that myself actually, just to make sure. 
There's the document. Question um, 15. Oh yeah, that's gonna be that one's gonna be a lot, and you will you will definitely be the authority there. Well, uh, I need to figure out what weird games are currently coming. Yeah, definitely. But you'll have uh, look forward to that next week. Uh, but currently, look forward to plugs. Oh yes, plugs. So we have. Um, so again, if you enjoy ro the role-playing experience, um, watching Let's Plays of the role-playing experience, reading about the role-playing experience, or just laughing with the thrill of schadenfreude at the other people's role-playing experience, uh, we have Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, a nine, um, currently nine episodes, two side quests, and a long-ass paralogue, uh, all about people playing the game. Which game? It's not exactly stated, but you could probably guess which games I was basing it on if you're paying attention. Um, it's Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U, on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Um, it's just, it's silly, it's kind of cute, it's like this bizarre combination of slice of life with high fantasy, completely separate from each other. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, I've, I've had some people tell me some very nice things about it, and I wish more people would tell me nice or even moderately bad things about it, because I just want to hear people's reactions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, on, honestly, it gets a little disheartening when um, I just can't get anybody to leave a review on anything. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. hard to put things out there and just get no reaction. Yeah, it's it's like the old feeling of when can I get letters for Japan Demonium? Times about fifty. Oh. So, uh, it, it, as you might recall, I, I once went nine months between letters on that column. Nice. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah. Nine months of weekly updates. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way: it's my my to do list when I finally get a job is to get Kindle Unlimited and finally read something. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's uh, uh, that's a promise I'm making to you right now. Thanks. It's not it's not amazing because I mean I should have read it by now already, but yeah. But yeah, so it's um, you could purchase the paperback collections. Um, there's like three plus the paralog, or get them in easy novel novella sized ebook chunks. Yep, which is nice. So uh, yeah. Tried to keep uh, as a, a la carte or a card candle unlimited. Yes. Uh, very convenient. Yes. Let's see. I mean, I figured follow follow some of the adventure path models and just sell in short bits. And in general, the the uh, ebooks all added together are less than the paperback mm -hmm. by a, a good amount. So. So if you don't if you just care like physical, physical copies, <laughs> if you don't care about physical copies, then it's a good deal. If you do care about physical copies, there's a physical copy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh... Wales. Yes. Plug. Uh, Neptunia show on the RP Game channel on Sunday nights, followed by some sort of fighting game on my channel. That's Sunday nights. 
depending upon how much uh, you get bullied into playing Street Fighter or Smash. Yes. And also um, occasionally stream other stuff. Probably going to stream some Destiny 2 Trials of Osiris sometime this week. So, nice. that? Gross, but nice. Uh, but yeah, that's on twitch.tv slash wheels. Uh, as for me, uh, I have my bad Patreon. Haven't had much up this week because I don't know. There's there's been a number of things that I've been sort of pecking at uh, writing that I'm still in the revising process on. But if you want to read what I've been writing that are more like broad uh, essays about uh, the industry as a whole or individual games, uh, those can be found at patreon.com slash study. Yes, that is a bad name. No, I'm not changing it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, you can read those. They're on Patreon, but they don't cost a, they don't cost you a dime. But if you want to throw me a couple bucks, I'm always happy to, uh, I can always use the cash. I'll put it that way. Uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, uh, you can join, you can ask us questions. You can ask us via the RP Gamer or Ask Wheels chat every time that we're streaming. We've gotten a lot of excellent questions uh, from Budai and some wonderful comments from uh, him and Tam. Love to hear from them. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while. Carl has been asking good. some good questions on the comments. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to bring up the comment section after we talked about that. Uh, oh, but, oh, no worries. No worries. Uh, but yeah, you can ask us questions in the comments section during the stream. We're typically on uh, late on Wednesday nights uh, slash Thursday mornings if you're on the East Coast. Yes. Uh, if you, very early Thursday mornings. But uh, if you uh, don't want to, if you can't or don't want to uh, ask questions in the Twitch chat, you can ask us via the Discord. You can... Uh, go join the RP Gamer Discord by clicking the community tab and getting a Discord link there. Uh, it's a lovely community, whether you ask us questions or not. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you uh, uh, if you would like to ask us questions the traditional way, as a good friend Crawl did this week, uh, then you will find that you can put them under the comments section of a recent-ish episode. I usually check the last three or four to make sure that we didn't miss anything. And uh, we will happily answer questions there, too. So uh, those are our usual uh, question places. We always love to hear from you. Uh, thanks again to Thrall and Budai this week. Uh, and if uh, anyone wants to, uh, you know, if you want to ask questions, please, we are always happy to hear from you. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks again to Fireminer, who we, we are preparing to answer more questions from next week. If you would like to mm -hmm. uh, join in the bounty of questions that Fireminer gives us, then we are always happy to hear from you. But otherwise, see you, Space Cowboys. See ya. See you. See you.